Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today. As we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2, we will get into our lesson right after this. Today, we deal with lesson number 27 in Systematic Theology. We will be looking at what the Word of God calls the grace of giving. We now join in progress, part three of our study. Our giving also should be proportional. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2 again says. Because it says, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. The only difference in our giving is size, because the size is based upon as God hath prospered us. The beginning of all giving is the tithe. Tithing was more than the law. Tithing was before the law. It was under the law, and it is after the law. It's Old Testament and it's New Testament. Tithing is simply the recognition of God's giving to us all that we have. Now, some say that tithing is not a part of New Testament giving. Well, my question for those that say such is, what's the purpose of your saying that? What's the purpose of your saying that tithing is not a New Testament practice? Are you saying that you want to give more? Okay. Are you saying that you want to give less? That's what most people are saying it for. Shall we give less under grace, which is so much better than being under the law? I just don't see why we would say such and want to do less under grace. Treat God who has shed his grace abroad on us to treat him that way. We need to settle it. Tithing is just the beginning of New Testament giving. It's not the end. We give under grace. We start with the tithe and go on to giving to God an offering. The only place in Scripture that we're told to prove God is the one place that we never try to prove God. Look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God wants to bless us with an abounding crop, but he can only bless us with an abounding crop if we have abounded in this grace of giving also. God wants us to be cheerful givers. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God's purpose is that every man would give, and not because he has to, that is grudgingly, grumbling and complaining, giving cheerfully, enjoying the experience of giving to God. 
Imagine, God made this world out of nothing. He simply spoke it into existence. God doesn't need us, but we need him. God could get along quite well without us, but he chooses to use us. He has given us this privilege, a privilege that we can enjoy, the privilege of giving to God in his service. I think about the young lad that gave to Jesus his lunch on the seashore one day. He saw Jesus take the little bit he had and use it to feed 5,000. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven when that young lad comes before the throne of Jesus and receives the reward for his giving? I think that's going to be quite a day. And what a day that's going to be. God also wants our giving to be sacrificial. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 2 and 3 says, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, those two generally don't go together, abounded unto the riches, and that certainly doesn't go with deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Our giving should be just as sacrificial as the giving of the Macedonian believers. Oftentimes we think that we don't have enough to give. But we see here that these gave out of their deep poverty, Someone says that their deep poverty meant there was no hope of help because even their friends were poverty-stricken. Not only did they give, but they begged the disciples. They begged the apostles to take their gift. This most certainly should be an encouragement to us to get involved in the giving program that God has for all believers. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18 that such giving is an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Then he goes on to tell the Philippian believers in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God supplies the needs of those that sacrificially give to the work of God. As we've seen in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18, giving is well-pleasing to God. Look at Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16. It says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well-pleased. So God is pleased when we get involved in the grace of giving. Because we are simply giving back that which we have freely been given. Jesus tells his own disciples in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8, freely have received, freely give. Remember, without Jesus, we can do nothing. So whatever we have, we have by the grace of God. This should encourage us to abound 
in the grace of giving, freely giving what we have freely received. It is, in fact, our duty to give, according to Romans chapter 12 and verse 13. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Notice, we are specially to be involved in the grace of giving towards the necessity of saints. This means we are look out for one another, care for one another, bear one another's burdens, as Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 tells us. Because then we fulfill the law of Christ. Thank you.